You're listening to the Four Sides Podcast. And don't forget to tell all your little baby dork-ass friends to listen to the Four Sides Podcast, too. Otherwise, Warhorse is going to rule your ass. gentlemen welcome to the four sides podcast i'm your host caleb carter noah's unfortunately not here tonight but i am by no means rolling solo tonight as i've got one of the hottest professional wrestlers in the midwest with me tonight i got the stiff robo ginger the leader of the gary j movement himself mr gary j how you doing man i'm doing terrific i just watched a whole bunch of law and order and i'm ready for this interview hey man (laughs) you can't go wrong with law and order oh i love svu it's like addiction it's great yeah, so we were going to do this at zero one, but uh, some time stuff kind of happened, and we just decided to do Skype. What what a brutal day of traveling that was. Uh, maybe not for me, honestly. It's like two hours for me, and like two hours is not brutal travel for someone who pretty much lives on the road or in a plane. So like two hours, easy breezy. Well, I wasn't really talking about the time. I was just talking about all the rain we had. Oh, yeah, that, that was miserable, yeah. At least we're not on the East Coast right now, where they're pretty much getting a blizzard, so. Right, that's to be thankful for. Yeah. All right, Gary, so I open up with a pretty cliche question, but it, I'd like to talk about what got people into wrestling, so um, I guess we could go ahead and start with what got you into wrestling as a fan? Uh, As a fan, still am a fan. Uh, Basically, like, I had to have been 10 or 11, and, like, if anybody's heard any podcasts prior to this one, like, just spent a Saturday, like, afternoon once, and I ended up catching, like, WWE or F at the time, and Macho Man was on the TV, and he was just so colorful and, like, such a character, I kind of just caught my eye, and I've kind of been addicted since, and I'm 35 now, so you do the math, that's a long time. <laughs> yeah, so I imagine you grew up watching, since you said Randy Savage, I'm assuming you watched other guys like ricky steamboat and rick rude and them uh not really that's what's crazy it had to have been like 95 for some reason macho man like 94 was on i don't know but like the guys i grew up watching were like uh mankind sean michaels diesel mabel undertaker like there's your core of like uh what is it the next generation what was that 95 96 like, okay, so you were kind of late, ger- late next generation and early attitude era, kind of. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, as I've gotten older, like I've done my research, I know who these people are, and I've you know watched a billion hours of footage of them. But yeah, like I've been definitely from now on, my new nickname is the Next Generation Gary J, just because of that. <laughs> hey, that'll get over, man. Let's hope. So, uh, any any particular inspirations or wrestlers you take inspiration from? Um. Yeah, there's a handful of guys that are on, like, television or were on television. And, there, of course, there's a slew of other guys that, like, have helped me that are just on the indies. But, like, obviously, there's no argument in my mind. Shawn Michaels is the best of all time. There's no argument. There's no one that can touch him. And that's my opinion. And, you know, my opinion is correct. So, like, basically, I say, like, Shawn Michaels is a huge inspiration. But, like, when you look at my style, obviously... I don't work anything like Shawn Michaels. I do, you know, study him and take stuff from him, but you probably couldn't tell. I more start gravitating towards wanting to learn, you know, the craft of wrestling and, like, how to do it. When I really got involved in, like, watching a lot of, like, Mick Foley, Mankind, and then, like, Cactus Jack and, like, that whole era right there. Like, 
I was like, this is awesome. So, of course, I just, you know, grabbed a uh, mattress, a ladder, and then started to jump off my shed in my uh, ladder onto a mattress in my side uh, yard of my trailer for, like, hours at a time every summer. And then here we are, you know, 18 years later. <laughs> yeah. So how did this all kind of turn? How did this all turn into a wrestling career for you? Where did that start? Um, it started in 2003. Uh, my friend... Uh, Peter Townsley, who used to wrestle for a brief moment back in like 2003, he just worked at a bar and I, I was still in high school. I was 17 and uh, I became friends with Pete in high school and then Matt Jackson or Pierre Abernathy, whatever people know him as pretty much. Shout, shout out to Matt Jackson. Yeah, he's he's my best friend legitimately. Why do you think I'm always on top of the anarchy card? You got to be friends with the Booker brother. But uh <laughs> But yeah, he's legit one of my best friends, and I've known him since, I'd say, 2001. So yeah, we've been best friends for a long time. And uh, we'd always want to, like, go to local wrestling shows. And, like, he actually wanted to always, like, be a commentator or, like, book wrestling. He never wanted to be a wrestler. He just kind of fell into, like, the training part. I always wanted to be a wrestler. So when we got the opportunity, because uh, Pete met some, like, local wrestlers. And you can't see this, but I'm using the hand gesture local wrestlers like you know these schmucks basically mm-hmm. they uh they gave them a flyer they're like oh we're starting promotion come train so we pretty much go to this guy's trailer out in the middle of uh house springs missouri and set up a ring and then learn everything we can learn in, uh, that they could teach us in one day they're like well that's all we know that's all we can uh, show you so then we started wrestling from there so yeah like it was a really different scenario compared to guys like doing their research now and then going to a professional school i started in 2003 and was taught the basics per se or what they knew and then i kind of just latched on to guys like dingo adam raw uh nick tyson was a very pivotal part he's no longer in the business uh bill mcneil for any st louis fans like i started to end up knowing them really well billy's still a really close personal friend of mine and i just haven't talked to him in a while because of covid and being busy but like I'd say Dingo and Adam Raw were, like, the two guys that, like, really, like, helped me out a lot. And then, like, in 2004, we ended up doing seminars when we realized what the seminar was. I'm like, oh, we can learn from people that, like, are better than us and, like, do cooler things. So we ended up doing, like, a uh, Matt Seidel and Delirious seminar. And they were just about that time breaking into Ring of Honor and IWA Mid-South. So we did, like, a 12-hour seminar with them, learned a shit ton, and then kind of just learn as we went you know year by year yeah i didn't know matt i didn't know matt side that was doing stuff that early oh yeah he he's been wrestling since 2000 and like maybe one because he started the gateway championship wrestling which is like the big thing in st louis at the time and then lethal wrestling alliance which was like my home and then that eventually turns into st louis anarchy and then you know here we are mm-hmm. so yeah, so around we got a fan question from uh, Robert Young. Shout out to Robert Young, big fan of the Four Sides and big fan of Gary J. Um, I figured this would be a good question to ask, just kind of since we're right here. Um, who was your first match against? Uh, my first match against was, I think it was Matt Jackson. It was Pierre Abernathy, except I was in a mask as some jobber. I wrestled twice on my first show in 2003. Uh, I recently just put a like a promo thing on my Twitter and the very beginning of it is uh, my second match ever where, like, I pretty much was Jeff Hardy. I had short hair. 
Hot Topic clothes. And I was like, look, I'm just going to be Jeff Hardy. But that was the first Gary J match, or I think I call myself at that point Extreme Gary J. It was awful. <laughs> but uh, before that, I'd wrestled Matt earlier in the night in a mask gimmick. I can't even remember the name. Uh, and, but Matt's name was The Prodigy, so obviously times have changed. It was awful. We did about uh, 13 suplexes and about 14 uh, shoulder tackles. It was atrocious, and I wish I had footage of that match. <laughs> well, I mean, you got to start somewhere, man. Yeah, I mean, you got everybody's got to start somewhere. Like professional wrestling is not something you're gonna learn and go. Okay, I've learned everything I know. I can move on now. It's only been two days. Like I've been wrestling 18, 19 years. I still learn things, and like you can always pick things up. And if this is something you want to do and do with your life and make money with it, you have to treat it like a job. So this is my job. Absolutely. So, uh, kind of, where did things really start to take off for you? Like you say, you kind of started in. I don't want to say backyard wrestling, but just kind of the way you described it to me, it was a little bit. No, yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I'd always done a little backyard wrestling. And then, like, the first time I stepped in a real ring was in 2003 when I started my professional training. And then, like, honestly, if anybody knows their history, like, Gary the Barn Owl was the first thing I'd ever done. Like, that was in Lethal Wrestling Alliance. And the reason they gave me the Barn Owl character is because I was terrible at wrestling. So they're like, you need to learn how to have a character as well. Wrestling will come with the time. And of course, I hated it. And if everybody knows me, I hated Gary the Barnard. But then I realized, this is awesome. It was so fun. And it was different at the time. And then that really got me comfortable in front of an audience. And then as that kind of grew, like I would say I started finally like really honing things in. Honestly, like in the last four to five years. As crazy as that sounds, <laughs> like Gary J, Stiff Rubber Ginger, and like the person I am now, like I really didn't start getting a foot of that until like I'd say about five years ago. And like I know that seems like wow, you've been wrestling almost 18, 19 years, and over the last five years, you've just now started getting a footing. Yes, some people are slow learners, and like in wrestling, it's it's so different. It's the most different art form there is, and like it's amazing, but like. It just takes some people slower than others and some get bigger pushes than others. But like I'd say the last five years is when like I've really started like getting my niche and like really getting my name out there more. Even though I've traveled for the last ten years, if not longer, the last five years have been very pivotal of like who I am today and what I'm doing. Yeah, I agree. I mean I I think the first time I heard of you was two thousand sixteen or seventeen, which that was kind of that was kind of whenever I was making my transition from a casual WWE fan to, you know, indie fan. Yeah. So uh, I was looking at some of your matches, and I think the earliest I could find back on you was kind of the early St. Louis Anarchy days. Um, there was actually a match, and I'm guilty as charged. I haven't got to watch this match yet, but you versus Akira Tozawa in 2012, am I right? Yep, that was in O'Fallon, uh, Illinois, at the Knights of Columbus Hall. Yeah, that was an awesome uh, hall. That was the like the birth of St. Louis Anarchy. Like before that, it was LWA, and then some stuff happened, and then uh, Matt took over as sole booker, and like you know, we started St. Louis Anarchy kind of as a group. And I believe that show also has Davey Vega versus David Richards. But yeah, I, uh, Akira Tozawa was in the states for like his young boy odyssey or like his tour like to learn and stuff like that before he went back to dragon gate 
and ultimately, you know, getting signed by WWE. He spent a lot of time with us. He actually stayed with Matt for a while, and he would just jump in the car with us constantly. We traveled from here to Illinois to Ohio to Texas. I believe at the same time he was down in Texas a lot with us wrestling ACH. So yeah, that was uh, that was awesome. Of course, that was kind of a learning curve because he speaks no English. So right, so there's a language barrier. Yeah, exactly. But it was definitely an honor, and it was cool because I believe when he did his uh, his stint in the states, I think between scrambles tags and singles i was in there seven or eight times with him so that was pretty neat wow it's amazing it's amazing to look back and see everything that i missed out on it's like how did i miss out on this it's insane because it's like oh this is right in my backyard but like your blinders are on so you have no clue so yeah it's it's insane to see what's out there when you actually open your eyes you know i get it too yeah (laughs) i think i so i'm from cape dorado and we Whenever I first kind of started to get into the indie scene is whenever we had a, a company starting Cape called Cape Championship Wrestling. Mm-hmm. And I think it was a year later. Um, I'm wanting to think it was, yeah, it was Glory Pro because that was the first time I'd seen you wrestle. Uh, it was that show where uh, it was Cody. Cody Rhodes was up there. Yep, that was me and Jake something, I believe. That's right, yeah. And then, like, that entire show was just awesome, like, it was awesome having a indie promotion back at home, but I think that I think that night was the moment that was like, you know, I should start going to other shows and see what's what's around because they're so they're doing so much stuff and I've been blind to it for so long and it's just incredible. Exactly. I mean, but that's all right though because there's obviously right now the internet's a big thing, so like even stuff you missed out on, you can pretty much catch up on. And, like, it's great because there's so many good things going on in wrestling and there's such good talent. Like, it's insane to see, like, what's out there. I love it as well because I see it all the time when I'm traveling. There's so much good talent. Right, and I'm at a point, and I talk about this a lot on here, but I really don't watch wrestling on TV anymore because just being there for the experience is, it's different. And it's like sitting at home and watching it on TV, even though I will sometimes, it's just not the same to me anymore. Oh, I get it. Yeah. And like, obviously, since I wrestle and it's work, but like I watch wrestling all the time, but I watch the TV product kind of more than anything because I'm still a fan. These are stuff I don't like, but whatever. There's still stuff I love and like there's such good stuff going on. It's just like I said, wrestling's like ice cream. There's like a thousand flavors. You don't have to like every flavor. Right. Right. And I think people don't really get that. Oh, not at all. Good Lord. Stay off Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I just deleted my personal Twitter the other day, and, you know, it's done wonders for my mental health, Gary. Oh, uh, absolutely. You know, I'll tell anybody, like, I love, like, Twitter is great to brand yourself and market your character and market your product or just have fun and enjoy what you love. But if you go to the other side of Twitter, it's some of the most toxic bullshit out there. And, like, I tell people, just put your phone down, delete your app. Like, I don't get upset about anything because at the end of the day, I know I can just delete it or turn my phone off and go do other things people i think during the pandemic it's kind of been insane because they've just been stir crazy and cabin fever kicks in right yeah um so robert young also asked just kind of a poor segue here um (laughs) what's your biggest match to date that you've had um hmm that's a good one uh I don't have one particularly. I just do have, I have like a group of them that have like been really important to like me and who I am like along the way. Obviously, 
most people at this point know the whole story between me and Warhorse. We've kind of taken that and ran all over the country with it. Like, most of those fights are very pivotal because they created stuff and then like they kind of made our names more valuable in the household of like independent wrestling. Uh, Sammy Callahan actually was a very pivotal match I had in early uh, St. Louis Anarchy days. Before he went to WWE or NXT as Salmon Crow, he came to uh, the old Alton Spaulding Hall. Rest in peace. Uh, he, uh, so I got to work with him there. I learned a lot from him. Kyle O'Reilly was very pivotal. David Richards, as much as people don't like him, he's a world-class athlete. and He's not there to be your friend. He's just there to do his job. Uh, Roderick Strong, uh, like it's cra- like I, I can list a, a slew of names, like and you'd be like, oh, you you've worked with this person? I was like, yeah, like I've been around a while and had a lot of good opportunities to be in there with some world class athletes, and I kind of take all of them very serious, and like those are all very pivotal to me as like you know who I am and what I do in the ring because like at that point, like it's such a learning curve to be in there with guys that have been all over the world and now are on TV. So for a young me or like, you know, young in the business, like that's incredible to even get the opportunity to do that. So like lately, pivotal stuff has been like uh, with ICW doing the pit fighter thing with uh, I think I fought Dom at the first one in December. Like that was awesome. That helped me out a ton. And that was the first time I had a wrestling match without a wrestling ring. It was just in like a cage. And I go back at the uh, end of february and right now it's me and tony depp and really excited about that one yeah i'm sad i'm gonna have to miss that show but you know where you can catch the replay of that is on iwtv and you can also catch other icw shows on there man the pit's crazy oh yeah it, it's it's interesting and then you get there and you're like oh this is it i mean i'm in an, i'm actually in a shed in the middle of new jersey you know the first time i was there i'm like all right and like there's no heat <laughs> Really? I'm there in December. Yeah, there's no heat there. That's why I'm so excited wow. about Florida because I'll be inside with the with the pit fighter. There you so, go. Yeah. Yeah. First time I saw the pit, like, um, I'm I'm a big Ken Shamrock fan. So the first time I saw that, my first initial thought was Lions Den. And oh then yeah. I saw, and then I saw all the weapons, the gusset plates, the barbed wire. I'm like, holy shit, dude! This is this is insane. I love it. No, it's insane. Yeah, you know, like everybody has their flavor. Like I said, I I I stick to more to like more of a traditional like bar fight inside of a cage. I don't need that stuff. I'm too delicate. I got a pretty face. <laughs> I mean, your hard hitting style works, you know. Yeah, exactly. Like it's just really cool, and like I really get to broaden my horizon and like see what I can do without a professional wrestling ring. As crazy as that sounds. Yeah, um, you're gonna be coming to another place known for its hardcore wrestling called Anna Fight Underground on Thursday, February the 25th. And your opponent that night is young up-and-comer named Anakin Murphy. And I think I think this is going to be one of the best matches of the night. Like, it's not going to be like a hardcore barbed wire match. It's just going to be a simple, traditional, hard-hitting match. And that's what I'm expecting from it. And I'm expecting high things from that. Yeah, uh, Anakin's a good kid. Like, you know, I know him and I've been around him and like I've seen him grow and like he's starting to kind of try to etch his name and figure out what's going to work for him, what's not. And like, you know, I'm all about that. But I mean, like, once again, now like you're 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 jumping in the water with a shark here. So like Hmm. it'll be interesting for him. He's the one now with the learning curve. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not there to be everybody's friend. I'm there to do my job Hmm. when get paid and go home. 
you know, this is a business. But yeah, so I'm looking forward to that as well. And like, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Anna, even though I haven't even been there yet. I know everybody that, you know, pretty much runs it with Zach and Mikey and like, I'm all about trying to help them and brand what they want to brand and like be a part of the show. So. Absolutely, man. It's a new place. They just had their first show uh, last October and the show that's happening in February was supposed to happen in December, but you know, COVID and everything. Oh yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. so another place that COVID's really hit hard is St. Louis Anarchy. Yeah. Tell me about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know you guys just lost Spalding Hall and you've had to cancel events, so it's just, 2020 just wasn't Anarchy's year, so, I mean, is there any time frame for Anarchy coming back that you can talk about? Uh, Honestly, like, you know, we've all, you know, had meetings and, like, we've all got our ducks in a row, it's just one of those things, it's a waiting game now, like, honestly, at this point, because of COVID and because of everything that went on, we just realized that maybe we just kind of take a back seat now and let things happen and play out. Like pretty much once the world gets a little better, obviously COVID, it's still a thing. COVID's still happening. Like people like to act like, oh, it's gone. It's 2021. No, it's still there. People right. are still getting it. People are still dying. And we feel for our fan base, for our workers, for our crew, for everybody involved, it might be better just to stay home and stay quiet for a little bit. So when the time is right, I can't give you an affirm like date or time, but don't worry, there'll be a time for us in, in 2021. We know what we're doing, and then we'll hit all balls to the wall. So like I'm not worried at all about that. It's just a patient waiting game now. Yeah, hey, big respect to Anarchy for doing that, keeping its workers and its fans safe. And I, I have faith that Anarchy will come back stronger than ever. No, yeah, I'm excited, like, from just talking and, like, coming up brainstorming, like, there's some cool shit that's going to happen, and I can't wait for it to actually happen. It's just, you got to be very patient, you know? If you love something, you'll wait for it, you know what I mean? Indeed. Uh, speaking of loving something, Thomas Warren, a big fan of St. Louis Anarchy, shout out to Tom, he wants to know, when are we going to see Gary J versus Schlack? <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember, uh. I have no clue. Uh, I was actually supposed to work with Schlack in New Jersey for a show once, and then I ended up not being able to make it because of, I think, my shoot job at the time. Yeah, The shoot like, job. Yeah, the shooter. But, yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, I'm sure at some point, you know, I'm kind of – I think I'll become a regular at uh, ICW, and he's a regular there. So it could it could definitely be a thing. He uh, Schlack is a beast. There's no way to explain it other than the man's an animal, and he knows it, and I'm all about it. I like to describe Slack as a as a deathmatch Brock Lesnar. That's actually a really smart way of putting it. I have to start using that more often. I'm stealing it from you. <laughs> all right. Go right ahead. But I'm yeah, pretty, that's I'm, pretty really, sure. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, that's a really good way of putting it. He, he's pretty much a deathmatch Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, go ahead and take that from me. I'm sure I took it from other some other guy on Twitter before I got rid of my Twitter. Yeah. But, uh, man, I love Brock Lesnar anyway. So, yeah, I'm all about Lesnar as well. But, you know, hey, I, don't know why, I don't know why people hate that guy. He's a monster. He, he's so good. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing that people hate about Brock Lesnar is that he doesn't wrestle as much as they think he should. But it's like, you know, Brock's a big attraction and – like, every every Brock Lesnar match matters, and that's what I like about him. Yep, and, like, people bitch and moan constantly about, oh, all his matches are the same. 
no, they're not. Like you're you're the first one to tune in and wonder what's gonna happen because you want to bitch about it, and then you realize, wow, this is really good. Uh, you gotta love it. Thanks, Twitter. Yeah, it's like that match with. Uh, you said every Brock Lesnar match is different. You get a five minute match with Goldberg, or you get a Survivor Series 2017, I think it was, with AJ Styles. But that match, that match was phenomenal. Oh yeah, and then the next no year, pun intended. He, oh yeah. And then he goes 20 minutes the next year with Brian Danson. Right. So, like, oh, he's so good. Like, that's and the thing. He, he's an attraction. He He's a big money draw. So you're not going to really see that guy's face until either WrestleMania, where there's fans, or when things get back to normal. I really don't see him showing back up in the nah, I don't. I don't either. Or even that Royal Rumble match before COVID. Like, I know he was throwing guys out left and right in like five or six seconds. But, you know, whenever Drew McIntyre hit that Claymore and Brock went over the top rope. Yep. And then Brock Brock lay there for like 10 minutes. So, like, come on, man. Like, it's a great build. Yeah, that's making Drew McIntyre a star. Yep, exactly. He knows what he's doing. I mean, like, Mm -hmm. people don't like him, you know, beating Taker for the streak, but he's like the only legit guy that could. Right. Right. I mean, people, for the longest time, I said that CM Punk should have broke it, but it's like, nah, that wouldn't. Like, I love Punk and everything, but it just wouldn't have been believable for me. Yeah. Like, to me, either it's never broken or someone like Lesnar breaks it. I kind of wish, in my opinion, it was never broken. So it was like the one thing, but I get it. You know, they got to yeah. do what they got to do, and then sure. they know why they're doing it. Yeah. I'm sure I think it was a great business move for them, too, because they got Suplex City out of it. And I mean, pretty yeah, much, pretty much the rest is history. Yeah, which is insane, because like if you think of WrestleMania in the last 10, 10 years, or like that's the first thing you think of, like that moment thinking, wait, did that ref fuck up? Like, did this really happen? And then you realize that Lesnar defeated Taker. Like, it's insane. I remember watching that match with uh, with my dad, actually, and whenever Brock pinned Taker and the ref's hand hit three, hit the mat for three, I don't think I said anything for, like, five minutes. So it did its job, you know? Oh, yeah. I was uh, I was at my old apartment with, uh, with all my pals and everything, and, like, one, two, three, and then we all just stood up, and it had to have been quiet for 15 minutes. Right. I mean, how many people do how many people does the not the silver dome, the super dome? <laughs> yeah. Right. How, how many people does that building hold? Like 80,000? Yeah. Like All the the, only, the only thing bad about it is it really took the air out of the room until Danielson won won that title at the end. Like so I can see it. So. Yeah. But anyways, back to the fan questions. Uh, Robert Young actually had a lot of questions for you. He's a he's a big fan of you. Um, he wants to know also if you could have a tag team partner for the rest of your career and only wrestle as a tag team wrestler, uh, what partner would you choose and why? And what would you guys' tag team name be? Uh, is this like Fantasy World or like legit? Like does it uh, matter? It can be Fantasy World. It can be legit. Uh, I'll, I'll give you fantasy and legit. Uh, first, we'll start off with fantasy, and I'm going to say my tag team partner would be The Undertaker. Because regardless of what you think of the guy, that dude's legacy, and, like, I, I'm a huge Undertaker fan. I'm wearing Undertaker hat as we speak. Uh, oh. <laughs> like, I'm a huge fan of him, and, like, 
I've actually seen him come out at WrestleMania when they were in Dallas and a grown man crying to his entrance. That was me. Uh, so I'm just emotionally attached to him. Always have been. He's one of my favorites. So he would be my fantasy tag partner because he's the Undertaker. Why not? Right. And I, then, mean, I mean, despite his current views, I'll always be an Undertaker fan as the wrestler. Because yeah. <laughs> and like. Exactly. Like his opinion is going to be, of course, he likes the old heyday better because that's when he was brought up. And that's was that was when he was at his height, like when right. things were different. Things evolve and things change. It doesn't mean it's bad or good. It's just things are different for him now. Right. Of course, you know, he pretty much just said that, like, everybody's soft and like he wishes it was like the old school. I don't know about that, but, you know, it's OK to disagree with somebody and not hate them. <laughs> right. And then, in reality, obviously, there's only one tag partner I'd pick on the indies or, you know, in real life. That would be Aaron Williams. And, ironically, we are a tag team when we want to be because we're inside and we don't care. <laughs> Shout out to Aaron Williams. Uh, so, so probably a dumb question here, but what is, what is the whole unsigned and don't care thing? Like, what is that all about? Um... I've known Aaron for a long time. Like we were always in locker rooms a lot in Indiana area together. And then I actually, I was a very big uh, proponent of him getting the St. Louis Anarchy because I've always been a fan of his work. And I like, we started talking and like, like we're, in, we're like pretty much best friends. We, we talk every day about wrestling and just bullshit. And like, we ended up realizing that like, everybody's so set on like, Oh, I got to make it. I got to, I got to get a contract. I got to make all this big money. And sure, that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. And there was a time in my life when that's what I wanted to do. But then things kind of change, and you, you you keep doing it, and you're like, you know what? There's more to this than just you know wanting to get signed to a big company just so you can make a whole bunch of money. Of course, I want to make money and pay my bills, but you can still do that on the indies if you're smart about it and the way you brand yourself. Absolutely. And like, we ended up realizing like how many times have one of us heard, "Oh, you're so good. When are you getting to the next level? Like, oh, why aren't you signed? I don't know. You tell me. Like." I'm in a situation you're asking me. So we ended up just kind of making a joke out of it because we like to work with each other and be around each other. So we're like, you know what? We're just on side. We don't care. So like our philosophy is we don't care. And it's even better because we just go out there and do what we want to do. And we're having a good time. Absolutely, man. I mean, that that's cool. Like, like, like you said, man, so many people are trying to get signed. Nothing wrong with that. But, you know, I don't. I think people don't realize that it's okay to not get signed. Like, if you want to stay indie for your entire career, I mean, that's great. I know several guys that have done that and have succeeded. Exactly. It's possible. You just got to put the the effort forth. You know, you got to just put the work in. And, like, I'm a very big proponent of, like, going there and producing and showing up and doing my job. I'm not worried about being friends with all the wrestlers and, you know, high-fiving and be like, oh, yeah, you're only booked because you're my pal. Because that happens way too much. And I'm very vocal about that. So, mm-hmm. well, kind of another poor set. Well, this is actually a good segue. Um, <laughs> Noah couldn't be here tonight, but he wanted to ask um, if you were to sign with a major promotion, um, which one would it be? Do you think? Oh man, that's a because hmm. really, I mean, you have you have three, four major promotions. You have AEW, WWE, that's NXT. That's all the umbrella to me. That's the same thing, WWE. Right. Mm-hmm. New Japan would be, you know, a huge deal. Or you have Impact, which they have a great 
talent roster, I just don't really catch up with their product. I know guys on the cards that are really good. I just don't really follow it much. Like, in a perfect world scenario, like, probably like New Japan. Like, I know I'm a smaller guy, and, like, obviously, like, there's kind of a learning curve, and, like, it would be a little different, but, like, I'd definitely like to give a shot at that. So that would be the one company if I got assigned or contracted to, it would be New Japan. Hey, I mean, they got the New Japan USA now, and they've got unsigned guys working there, so you never know. Yeah, I mean, like I said, the, the possibilities are endless, especially when you're just kind of like a freelancer or, you know, hitting territory or territory. Like, you're not bound to one company, you know? Right. I mean, he's a younger guy, but you got Blake Christian. I mean. No, he's insane. Well, and, like, Chris Dickinson is, like, a big player there now. And, like, I can't wait until things open up because I think Chris Dickinson would be a great name for the G1. Like, he's a bad motherfucker. And, like, he's, Absolutely. like, yeah, you know? Yeah, I was saying Blake Christian, I don't. I don't know if he's signed with Impact. I know he's doing Impact stuff, but, I mean, you see him all over the place. You see him in New Japan, Impact. Yep. Uh, I, I don't know why AEW Dark hasn't picked him up yet. And, of course, Game Changer Wrestling. But dude's yep. all over the place. Exactly, because he realizes, you know, he's he's got more worth to him. He's got more worth towards him if he's doing all these big companies because, at the end of the day, it becomes a bidding war. He knows where his leverage is. Like, well, I work here and I work here. Like, that's what you got to do. You got to. He's another guy that like. He didn't just come out of anywhere. He's been around a little bit. He just finally got that break and that scene in front of the right people, and he ran with it. As soon as you get the ball, you run with it. That's what you have to do. He finally got out of Tennessee. Is what he did. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Same thing. With Alex Zane works for WWE Zane. now. Yep. AJ Gray got out of Tennessee. Zay Washington's getting out of Tennessee. Yep. Once you travel out of your home area, you realize, oh, man, it's a whole new world. You know, like, you know, you're not the bad motherfucker you think you are when you're out there going, oh, well, I was a big dog in St. Louis. But you go somewhere else, you're not the big dog. You're 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 bottom of the food chain. And then the only way to rise is work your way up the card. Prove your worth. Right. Um, I, I kind of live a couple hours away from Tennessee. And I think Tennessee, especially Memphis, is really bad with that mentality that you shouldn't go out and travel. You should stay at home and you should work from home. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, St. Louis has got the same problem. Every area I've seen has the same shindies or shit feds, as I call them, or like the same local vets that wrestle once a month in the same place and wear their favorite fucking Undertaker shirt. Like, we've all seen them. <laughs> They're the assholes. Like, yep. they're going to tell me how to do my job when I'm wrestling all over the country. Right. And they wrestle in Podunk, middle of nowhere, you know. Yeah. Um, Noah also wanted to ask uh, if you could give any advice to a new wrestler, what would it be? Um. Hmm. New advice to a new wrestler. This one's a new one. I would like because I've given answers for this one before, but like this kind of just recently hit me. Uh, regardless of what's going on in wrestling. And then, like, where you stand. Always keep your morals and always be true to yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with that 100%. Especially in the landscape of wrestling today. Like, you know, if you believe something's wrong, then stick up for yourself. Say something. Not enough people do that because they want to go with the rest of the sheep because they feel that's how they're going to get to the promised land, you know? Right. Two more Robert Young questions, then we're done with Robert Young for now, I promise. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> we, love you, we love you, Robert Young. Uh, 
what's the biggest match you could have in your career if you could Okay, so basically he's asking uh, if he could face anybody in any kind of match or any company, who would it be? Um, I would like to do Masato Tanaka at St. Louis Anarchy. Ooh, that'd be that'd be insane. That's that might, like that yeah. might actually that might actually top you and Kurt Stallion. Oh man, oh Kurt! Ironically, he went. I don't know where he is these days. Where'd he go? <laughs> I don't know. I heard he went to uh, is it Orlando or Stanford? Same thing. He went to New York. <laughs> New York. There you go. He he went to the Fed. He went to the New York territory. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Masato Tanaka. He's the only dream match I have. Like, and like, do I think it's gonna happen? No. Is there a small possibility it could happen? Maybe. But a boy can dream. <laughs> hey, that's why they call it a dream match. Yeah. But Masato Tanaka, like, ultimately would be great in St. Louis Anarchy because I feel that would just. That would do so much credibility for myself and the company. Yeah, I think the big match, I think the big dream match for me would be you versus either Sami Zayn or Shinsuke Nakamura. I, I don't know if you've worked with Sami Zayn before or not, but uh, ironically, I have. Uh, really? Back before he uh, was on the television and he had an orphanage. Yes, I I worked him in O'Fallon for uh, LWA. It was like. Gary the Night Owl, because Gary the Barn Owl turned heel, and it was against El Generico. I believe it's on Smart Mark Video. I think there's DVDs of it. All right. I might have to look for that. And you and and Shinsuke would just be incredible. Like, I could talk about it all day. Oh, yeah. Shinsuke is awesome. And, like, I kind of like the fact that on on television now, like, they're kind of giving him the ball again, and he's kind of going back to what he used to be. So, like, I'm Mm -hmm. interested in that. Plus, I actually liked him and Cesaro as a tag team. Cesaro was good with anybody. Let alone Nakamura, you know. There's another one you and you and Zorro. I don't know if you ever worked him when he was Claudio. I mean, I know you've worked a lot of big people, Gary. Yeah, but yet I'm still sitting here hanging out with my cats on a uh, Thursday night. <laughs> hey, man, that's that's just not forgetting where you came from. <laughs> no, no, not at all. But uh, yeah, Cesaro. I've been on a lot of shows with him. He's a class act. Great guy. I've heard. Yes, I've heard. Um, Robert Young, last question, uh, wants to know what company, now, I don't know if this was just a smart ass question because I know you've been all over the place. What yeah. Company, what, what company haven't you worked for? Uh, Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor. Okay. Yeah. Is that a, is that a go for you? Uh, it is. It actually is. Uh, I kind of like what Ring of Honor is doing right now. They've kind of revamped a lot of things and I know they went through that awkward phase like 2018 and 19 when no one really paid attention to them. And it seems like now they're kind of focusing on some cool shit. And, like, they do their vignettes like ESPN, like a sporting thing. I kind of like that. And I think it would be a good avenue and, once again, a really good learning experience for me and kind of see where I can grow there. So, yeah, Ring of Honor is definitely a goal. So I'd say Ring of Honor. Yeah, I didn't know they were doing cool stuff like that now. I've kind of – I don't know. Ring of Honor and I haven't really been on speaking terms for a little while. But um, I might have to go back and give them a chance. Yeah, definitely give it a shot, like, because obviously, like, I was brought up in the 2000, like, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, and 8 era Ring of Honor when it was just bananas, and, like, that's your Roderick Strong, your Danielsons, your right. uh, your Dragon Gate guys, like, all that crazy shit was going on, but yeah, like, it's actually pretty damn good now, and, like, a lot of guys are getting opportunities there, like, Deppin, like, I won't be shocked at all if Deppin signs a Ring of Honor contract in the next year at all, you know, he deserves it. Yeah, I mean they got Dan Housen signed. Shout out to Dan Housen. 
exactly like they're they're looking around like they're they're scouting and seeing what's out there it's just it's been a while since people kind of paid attention to them but i think now it's kind of like a breath of fresh air for them mm-hmm. so i think that's all the fan questions we've got here tonight um one more thing i'd like to uh just the obvious thing the feud between you and warhorse so how did that how did that all start um honestly like just two competitive guys that don't see eye to eye like in real life or on everything but like we know in the ring we can make money and like we know there's like interest in that story and like obviously freak accidents happen we all know about the fish hook situation you know but like that was a catalyst to like what Warhorse is today and that was a catalyst to like people like paying attention to us even more so obviously it was a double-edged sword like yeah it sucked he got really fucked up but we made a lot of money because of it yeah i think that's been not if not the biggest feud in the midwest and definitely one of them um I'm exactly little, like the last i think the last two times i've seen you guys fight and i've seen you guys fight a lot was uh i think it was the collective in new jersey or, yep. uh i was really disappointed that more people weren't at that show that because that was the family reunion show yeah, that was IWTV's show, yeah. And then uh, I think Two Cups Stuffed All Out Weekend. Oh, yeah, that was, uh, yeah, we had to follow G-Raver cutting his artery. Yeah, and, you know, just kind of, I just think it was, it is what it is, but I think it was just a bad place on the card for you guys because, like, that show didn't have an intermission and everybody was tired. So I think, I think during your match, a lot of people actually went out to get air and, you know, I just, thought that was bad yeah it is what it is you know you work with what you have but like yeah obviously like i said it's no no it's common knowledge that you know it's not like we're best friends we go in there and we do our job and then we we just leave each other alone kind of thing like and we're both super stubborn and very competitive so like we bring out the best each other when it comes to in-ring stuff and like obviously there's completely more chapters to this to come it's just you know it's just a waiting game now and like there's there's levels of interest that are out there. It's just you, you need to know your audience, and, you know, we know our audience. Absolutely. Well, you guys have created art. Yeah, and, like, not a lot of people did that. You know, like, the last chapter of Traveling Fuse was, like, what, Hero and Cabana, Punk and Cabana, like, 2003 and four when guys were doing that. So then we started doing it, and everybody's like, man, like, why isn't there Traveling Fuse anymore? Right, there I needs know. to be more of that. Oh, I agree. It's like, if you know you're good at something you make money like you make money from it and like it just kind of struck on like obviously that zero one incident with the fish hook that propelled it even more but like we've been all over the place with it so it's kind of interesting to see like where we could go with it yeah there's two guys at zero one that i know of that are kind of trying to do the same thing uh, walker hayes and aaron roberts if you got if anybody listening don't know those two guys uh, go look them up super talented big dude super talented big dudes come out of tennessee they just kind of they just kind of started traveling and i think it's doing good for them one of them's tagging with anakin yeah yeah that's walker hayes yeah 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 he's uh he's pretty good like i talked to him the other day for a while backstage at zero one he seems like he's a good guy and like he just wants to kind of get out there and learn and that's the best thing you can do you get yeah. out of your comfort zone yeah he is a great guy and i hope him and aaron do the traveling feud like you guys were doing. And yep. I just hope we see more traveling feuds because I love them. 
Yeah, exactly. Because it's interesting to see where you can go with it. Like, obviously, I like working with new people, but at the same time, if you're good at, you know, and have chemistry with somebody, why wouldn't you take that other places? Exactly. Yeah. So uh, we're still dealing with COVID and everything, uh, but it's still relatively a new year. So um, you're doing ICW right now. You're coming to zero one every once in a while, kind of waiting for anarchy to get started back up. Um, any, any goals or anything you're looking forward to with the new year, Gary? Um, over COVID, like I'd say I've actually started getting the best shape of my life. Like, and I've had a lot of time to like rest my body and heal. Cause before COVID struck, I was, I was running pretty strong and like my body was getting pretty fucking tore up. Like, obviously you've seen my work, like I'm very physical. <laughs> right. So like, I finally kind of got a little break. I kind of got a little rest and like, I've had time to think and like, work on myself, work on my promos, work on how I can market things and think of things differently. Uh, I've realized I really like helping people, especially when it comes to wrestling. So, like, at some point, I would like to start my own school or become part of a wrestling school to help out as much as I can. Uh, Obviously, like, I want to continue to travel and wrestle and kind of see where that takes me, you know, because obviously... Right now, I work a shitty part-time job, but the rest of the time, if it's not merch, selling, and, like, wrestling, like, that's where I make my bread and butter. Like, that's what I want to do, and that's a decision I've made. So, continue to do that. Uh, Hopefully, COVID kind of takes a hiatus and kind of goes away, so things open up more, because I think when that happens, people are going to have their period of time when they don't want to go to shows because they're afraid, and then once they realize it's safe, I think a lot of indie shows are going to be packed. I think wrestling is going to kind of go through another boom on the indies, like even bigger than it is now, I hope. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there's that, you know, that's just all like positivity. Like I just try to keep a really positive attitude because obviously like you kind of talked earlier, like you have your negative side of life, Twitter, social media BS that just stay away from (laughs) for the love of God. (laughs) But like, uh, easier said than done, but. Oh yeah, we're all we're all terrible about getting on social media. You're like, oh, I haven't checked it in five minutes. I'm sure nothing's happened, but I need to check it. But <laughs> oh, it's, it's awful. It's it sucks you in. But uh, I want to continue to kind of do what I'm doing and like just physically get in better shape. Like I said, I'm in the best shape I've ever been. Like I've started working out like four to five times a week in my basement, just trying to stay you know ring ready and like fight ready. So there's that. Just keep doing that. Keep traveling. Uh, Keep branding myself and keep, like, getting to higher spots on the card at other places. Like, I want to go back to Beyond. I love Beyond. Uh, I would like to get the Ring of Honor. I'd like to go to, you know, the U.K. at some point. But, obviously, I can't because of COVID. So, hopefully, that goes away. So, maybe I can get a chance to go over there with the besties at some point. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's so the besties. Oh, hell yeah. They're awesome. They're doing a seminar tomorrow for tag wrestling. So, hopefully, everybody signed up. Yeah. So, yeah, just continue with doing what I'm doing. Like, I don't have any of these big, like, oh, I need to be signed, like most people. Like, no, I just want to continue to pay my bills and maybe have a little walking around money, you know, to hang out and have some fun with with wrestling. Oh, yeah, dude. Hey, cat. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's Dino. He talks a lot. I, I've, heard, I've heard him through the entire thing, but, you know, I think that might... I think that might make for a relaxing listen for our podcast listeners here. Oh, yeah. If you don't know, 
by now I'm a, a very big cat enthusiast. I love my cats. They're my kids. I mean, you got cat on your gear, right? Oh, exactly. My favorite pair of gear I've only worn once was at Anarchy's Return Show. It was my ode to Shawn Michaels with my cat fur. All right. Yep. Uh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it was the uh, like the leopard print with the cats. That was the, that was my like, hey, I'm a huge Shawn Michaels mark. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Dino just wants food. Yeah. Gary, any final words before we wrap up today? No, other than just send everybody off. I hope they have a great time, and hopefully they listen to this, and they uh, like, subscribe, share, enjoy, whatever you got to do, and uh, have a great night. And if you want to buy one of my cool shirts, just check out www.fullygimmick.com. We just released a new shirt, me and Aaron, the uh, unsigned who don't care. Thank you, uh, Eric Allen. He's the artist of that. He does a lot of work for, like, all my graphics and stuff like that. And then so does uh, my good uh, Barry Yoakum's another guy that does a lot of graphic art. So shout out to them. If you need work, they're reasonably priced, and they both do great work. So on that note, buy my stuff. Awesome, man. Yeah, go buy Gary J's stuff. Um, where can people find you at on social media? Uh, my Facebook is Gary J, J-A-Y, and then Twitter is at Stiff Robo Ginger. All right. No Instagram or nothing? Uh, I recently got a new phone and got locked out of my Instagram, so I just said, fuck it, and no, no more Instagram. So, like, oh, it's okay. Yeah. Because I, I thought I'd seen you on Instagram the other day when I was tagging you in this post. Uh, I had two Instagrams. One I actually took care of which was like at Sif Robo Ginger. And then the other one, my Facebook made years ago and like there's 10 followers. So now I don't, I'm not on either of those. So say and do and post what you want. <laughs> Cause I'm not going to see it. Yeah. I mean, if Facebook and Twitter works for you, I mean, why need, why, why get another one? <laughs> yeah. <to> talk. <laughs> it's all right. I, I forget how to talk just about 95% of the time. But uh, my goal in life is to retire from wrestling and then delete my Twitter. So. There you go. That's a hell of a goal there. <laughs> yeah, right. That's the long-term goal. <laughs> Gary, I appreciate you coming on here. I was thrilled whenever you reached out to come on here, so I appreciate it, man. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me, man. And hopefully you enjoyed the chit-chat and have a great night. Yeah, yeah, man. I always enjoy the chit-chat. Um, if you wanna, if you wanna find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, you can search at Four Sides IV. Um, we have a tpublic.com where we sell. Uh, shirts, masks, and just about anything you can think of. Uh, follow us on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or whatever your select podcast platform is. Um, Gary, um, thanks again, and I will probably see you at Anna Fight Underground on February 25th. Hell yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. We'll chit-chat then, too. All absolutely. All right, right, guys, thanks thanks for coming on and listening, and have a good night. Peace. Bye.